Okay, I'm gonna stop by the way. Okay, Are we cool with that. Do we need to do like an outro? If this was a dumpster fire, bring marshmallows. Oh my God. <laughs> if this is a dumpster fire, we're providing warmth. We're providing we're the providing trash warmth. for your dumpster fire. Marshmallows not provided. <laughs> we're so funny. Hi. Hi. Hey, hi. Hello. Hey, hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, and welcome to Circling Circe. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. And we are the Greek muses here to pump up our girl Circe in Madeline Miller's aptly named novel, Circe. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the cutest thing, like a, like a Greek muse. Yeah, yeah. We'll work on that for next time. Okay, thank you. Uh, so let's get started. This is our first official episode. Uh, how are you both feeling? Good. I I took a nap. I uh I had I had a I had an energy bar. Um, I'm hydrated. I'm ready. I'm You're pumped ready. to talk about Greek gods and titans. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like this is the book club for people who said they wouldn't join a book club. A hundred percent. So listen, can we just claim that I haven't read a book in like five years? That's I fine. love this. No, this is great. I feel like I I feel guilty because I'm like forcing. I'm like, it's going to be fun, Kelsey. And you're like, OK, yeah. <laughs> you really sold this book. So it's better be fucking good. Can I swear? I hope so. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yes. This better be good. So yeah. uh, I, I'm expecting a lot out of you, Cersei. Yeah. No pressure. Big pants to fill. <laughs> you got a big you got a big tunic to fill there, Cersei. <laughs> yeah. I was going to also preface that I have read this book, but Gloria and Kelsey are Circe virgins. So this is your first Ooh. time. Ooh. Welcome. That's right. <laughs> All right. This took a turn. Um, <laughs> um, but I think we should just get started by talking about like what we know pre-book or what we thought we knew about Circe before we read the book. Gloria and I were in high school together, so I definitely remember reading the Odyssey about the same time with you. So I don't know if there was like something you remember going in about her or stuff that you'd heard about her before you read this book. Uh, well, I remembered that she was part of the Odyssey. I thought she had something to do with the sea, so I wasn't sure if she was a, a nymph or a siren or something like that. Um, and then... I remembered thinking about her. If that's that's meta. I remembered thinking about her uh, <laughs> when uh, Game of Thrones came out because of Cersei. I, uh, they're spelled differently, but yeah, I just was like, oh, it's such a cool name, and it reminded me of Xerxes. Yeah, Xerxes from Xerxes. Um, that unfortunate South Park episode. If anybody remembers that one, I have not seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Um, I don't know if I want no. to, <laughs> but just, yeah, just, uh, that she was a nymph or like I said, something to do with water. She had an interaction with Odysseus and that was about it. Yeah. I fully <laughs> went game yeah. of Thrones. I was like, Oh, the girl from game of Thrones. Rose is like, no, Kelsey, it's from Greek mythology. You uncultured swine. <laughs> I enjoy reading. I'm setting myself up to look like a fucking moron. But I promise I enjoy reading. I just don't read books, okay? First of all, Sorry. It's okay. Second of all, I didn't read the Odyssey. I like read in quotations the Odyssey in high school. I watched the wishbone episode of the Odyssey and then I passed the freaking quiz i remember that i passed the quiz because like there was a big question about like how odysseus like proved that he was odysseus again i was like the dog shot the arrow through the hoops and, like 
And Cersei was not in that episode. Like, uh, what's her face? The other one, the other witch he like comes in contact with. Um, Calypso. Oh, Calypso. Calypso. Is you the, mean from yeah. you mean from Pirates of the Caribbean? Calypso. Oh, Calypso. <laughs> yeah, that probably that Calypso. <laughs> Calypso. <laughs> I love that music. <laughs> Isn't that a ringtone too? <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. Like an, it's an alarm. Yeah. <laughs> So we talked about like who we think Cersei is, but you know, according to my very astute Wikipedia research, um, she was known as the witch from the Odyssey, and she was known as the daughter of Helios. He's the uh, god of the sun. For the most part, there are some like other people or gods that she's been connected with, but her main like god is Helios. Um, she used potions and a wand. So I mean, OG. Uh, Harry Potter here. Yeah. Um, and like her big thing is that she transformed her enemies or men into pigs. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of women feel that energy. And um, I think Madeline Miller was like, yeah, let's write about this lady. So it's her fault basically that all men today are pigs. Yeah, it's Cersei's <laughs> fault. Thanks, Cersei. Thanks, Cersei. Uh, yeah, apparently Homer also had to think for witches because, like, she's confused, I guess, with Calypso a lot. So I'm not the only person who confused <laughs> her. Um, and then in the Renaissance, she was kind of seen as this, like, sexually free, um, but, like, in a negative light, like, prostitute, temptress, witchy woman. Um, but she's, like, there have been stories of her throughout lots of classical literature. I believe the Odyssey is the first, like, story she kind of appeared in, but there are other um, classics that she's in and um, other stories. And I will say too that like when I was kind of reading through that, uh, Madeline Miller did a really good job of like pulling in all of her stories and um, kind of making them all work. Um, but overall, I'd say like historically, she just wasn't, you know, cast in a favorable light. Not surprised. Cough, cough, patriarchy. <clears throat> uh, I'll say I, without like, coughing, fuck the patriarchy. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think like her goal was, or Madeline Miller's goal is just kind of shed light onto like kind of who she was, like pull that veil of the like man's gaze throughout history off. And then, you know, we've delivered this like kind of lovely feminist novel kind of before us. So thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention too that um, according to Wikipedia is basically saying the general consensus is. I like that. I like yeah. that. Because yeah. it's like based in truth. <laughs> but, yeah. And it is yeah, probably the general consensus of like what people think because it's generally consented by yeah. the peoples mm -hmm. on the internet. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. I just realized there's a whole glossary bag here. Yes. So. I am <laughs> ready to read again now because <laughs> I didn't know anything about anything about this. And so... Y'all are like, well, the Odyssey this and Homer this. And I was like, I don't know what any of that is. So I was fully lost. <laughs> like Homer yes. Simpson? <laughs> I mean, when I first read it, I did have to like Google people because I was like, who is this person? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and I will also say I'm going to massacre everybody's names. We're just going to I'm putting that out there. I'm <laughs> the pronunciation is so hard. Gloria, do you want to talk about the first chapter? Like what happens? What, what's sure. going on with our girl, Cersei? Let me fill you in. Let me tell you. So the first line of the book 
is when I was born, the name for what I was did not exist, which is a pretty power opening, if you ask me. Um, and it kind of sets the tone for the book. Uh, you kind of know where she's coming from. Uh, so just when you get into it, you I feel like you already have a sense of what's going to what's going to happen. And so mm-hmm. this chapter is really kind of an encapsulation of Cersei's roots. So it covers like where she came from, her lineage, um, where she falls in line within her family. Um, so her parents are Helios, as we discussed, and Percy. Um, so Helios is the god of the sun. He's a titan, one of the originals. And um, oh, jeez. And <laughs> oh, I thought you said oh, geez. I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, gee. And uh, so Percy is an, Oce- an oceanid nymph. Uh, so she is one of 3,000 of Oceanus's kids. It's uh, a lot of kids. Um, hopefully, yeah. he pays child support for all what of is, them. What do you think dinner time looks like at the Oceanus right. table? It's probably like. <laughs> That's like a lot of. They definitely fill the whole restaurant. Yeah. You know? They need to like and then rent some. out the back room of like Buga de Beppo or something. <laughs> <laughs> like just dinner. They is got to like, call ahead. Yeah. They need yeah, a two story restaurant, a two story one. Right. Um, I was going to say they need like an apartment complex. Like, oh, it's Ocean. It's just kids again. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Clear the tables. <laughs> the Osh Patrol. Um, the Osh Patrol. So uh, a few of her siblings are mentioned. Uh, Percy's and Pacifae. So there's Percy, Percy's, or is it Perseus and Pacifae? Um, I know, right? It's like so many P's. Yeah. So they they're like one of those families who names all their kids the same letter as like the parents, and like except for everybody Cersei, gets all confused. Like, no, you you get named this. <laughs> well, it's better than naming them all George, though. So. That's um, true. Let's see. So uh, it's also, it kind of sets up the hierarchy of the mortals, the nymphs, the gods, and the titans, which are kind of the main groups that we're dealing with. So we kind of dive right into what Cersei's early life is, um, like what it's all about, trying to please her father, basically, and avoid everyone else in her family because they're really rude to her. Uh, And she basically feels like she doesn't belong. there, the closing paragraph is really good, too. Um, so it goes, such were my years then. I would like to say that all the while I waited to break out, but the truth is I'm afraid I might have floated on, believing those dull miseries were all there was until the end of days. So that <laughs> reminds me of, uh, like, in Beetlejuice, where Lydia is, like, writing in her diary, and she's like, I am alone. I am utterly alone. <laughs> But <laughs> I love it. Said much more eloquently. It's so dramatic. Um, yeah. But yeah, she really feels that. So I feel for her. And so it, it really sets the reader up with some expectation of what's to come. Kind of like that first line. It just brings you back to that. And then you kind of think about what's going to shake her from this naivete or like this apathy that she has about her situation. Like what's going to bring her out of this sort of depression and defeatist attitude type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like when I read that, just being like, huh, like, Ooh, I like that. Like I've so been there where you just kind of get blindsided by something. And, and I love that she says like, I'd love to say like, I was like, no, I don't want this. Or like, 
but it seems like mm-hmm. something else kind of pushes her out and it's a kind of a good way of being like, no, no, there's something that's going to happen. And you're like, oh, what is it? Tell me. So um, good job, Miss Miller, on that. I thought it was interesting, too, that like she fully admits like she possibly would have stayed had, you know. Yeah. Had this this catalyst that we don't know about yet um, happen because. I feel like so many people can get stuck like that. You know, you're, you're, I mean, she's, they've, we've been set up to see that from literally her birth, you know, they say, ugh, another girl, you know, and and it's like, we're set up to, to know that from her birth, she is looked down upon and not respected. And so it's not a surprise to see that, you know, she admits freely, like I, I could have stayed, I might've stayed. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, even like talking about that birth scene, like it's kind of sad. It's like she's born and the the dad's like, yeah, I think she'll, she's good enough for a prince. And her mom's like, mortals. And like, I love that quote where she's like, oh, what did she call them? Savage bags of rotten flesh. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough, I guess. (laughs) Ouch. But all right. (laughs) Um, Um, Listen, as a mortal, I took personal offense to that. Right. You're like, oh. Um, But yeah and like it seems like her mom just is kind of over it you know kind of whoop cinched back into like being a skinny little thing again which like made me weep as a mother who's gone through childbirth i'm like i wish i was that easy <laughs> holy crap well you She's are like, a bag of go. rotting flesh so i yeah. know yeah i mean what can i expect from this yeah. bag of rotting savage bags of rotting yeah. flesh so you know I think she just, I mean, personal opinion here is that she just did it for the push presents because she would get like what, like oh, a, yeah, nice, those necklaces. a nice necklace every time she popped one out. So she's like, come on, let's do it again. I want, I want some more. Right. Did you call it the push presents? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are <laughs> calling them nowadays, Kelsey? Sometimes oh, it's, really? <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's like a ring. Sometimes it's a card. Sometimes it's an Escalade. Sometimes it's a house. I know, right? Oh, it depends on yeah. it depends on the papa. Yeah, or partner it depends so, on the partner. Yeah, I I've seen like women get like iPads and different things like that. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> what this is a yeah. thing? Yes, Kelsey's it's like, all over the Instagrams. I'm rethinking my thoughts about having children naturally. Right? <laughs> you want a push present? I mean, you got to do all the other stuff, but you get a push present. Kelsey's like, crack open that black boot, black book, mm, right? Yeah. <laughs> black book, <Right? laughs> the black book. <laughs> like break the spine. All right. <laughs> Are we gonna? <laughs> Yeah, I really also kind of just felt for Cersei in this chapter. I don't know if you guys like related, but I just I was so that kid growing up that just wanted to like please everybody that was just like, how can I help? Can I get an A plus in this class? And I know that I annoyed some adults in my life (laughs) with that. Mm -hmm. And like, but I also just felt like, you know, I had I, I was in a pretty large family growing up, too that was always around each other. And I was one of the younger cousins and I would get like picked on so bad and teased. And I just totally know what it's like to even feel like kind of that black sheep or the outsider in your family. And you're like literally born into it. Like I I do think there is something about the hierarchies of where you're born and who you are in this book that are kind of important like themes throughout the book. And I, you know, I just felt for her because I've just I don't know. I've been that that person who just thinks that I have to be so good to be loved and um, everyone's kind of a dick to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you just that like 
makes you feel that way even more. So I definitely feel for her, especially in this first chapter. Yeah, I think um, that it touches on a couple of of pain points for me um, as number one. So like within my family, I was kind of, I was quiet and my mom was kind of like the, the head of the household <laughs> and cause I was like yeah. my dad, but he was very passive and very quiet. And so it was like, you know, my, I was nothing like my mom. So she had to like explain for me a lot, which makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Like they, uh, you know, cause I was quiet and I kept to myself and I was reserved and I was a thinker. So I didn't usually say much and, but I was always observing. And so it was always just like, Oh, she's quiet or, Oh, she's, you know, and not that, I mean, she would kind of do it to stand up for me, but it was just like, why do you, why do I have to explain myself? And then when I went to school, I was not really picked on, but people just had so many questions like, Oh, what are you mixed with? Like, what is, can I see your hair? Like, what does your hair look like when it's, can you straighten your hair? Can I touch it? Like, you know, just things that like, in addition to being quiet, I was considered quote unquote exotic and actually called that to my face multiple times. And so it was just like, as a child. Yeah. And you're the one who's the one who stands out and it's kind of cool because luckily I derived some, like a feeling of being really special, but there's that feeling of being different. And it's kind of like that underlining, underlying, feeling of shame a little bit where you're like, you don't really fit in and people are asking you questions. And it's like, I don't have those questions about you. So am I doing something wrong? (laughs) Right. That's a lot of pressure to put on a kid to be called like exotic. Yeah. To be be asked about your heritage and your ethnicity when you haven't probably at that time even really worked that out for yourself. Right. (laughs) Even, you know, and that's the thing about being mixed that is a huge theme is like even the, like what you're mixed with. So I'm like mainly black and Hispanic. So even the pure Hispanic kids would be like, what are you mixed with? What are, you know, because like you look like us, but you don't. And the same thing with the black kids. And so it wasn't just the white kids who were confused. It was like anybody who wasn't mixed was like, oh, what are you, what are you? I don't know what you are because you look like us, but not quite, you know? Yeah. Or like I see your yeah. dad come pick you up and he's black, but you don't look as much like him. So, you know, yeah. or my mom, because I look less like my mom. And just kind of going with that being like that I am who I am. And I always mm-hmm. identified as mixed, you know, not like any one race, which I guess is what you're supposed to do. Especially with like those test forms where it's like check the box. Which one are you? Oh yeah. And I would just check multiple. Only and- one. Yeah, I would check multiple. Like, what or, do I do? Like, if I had to choose one, then I would just choose black because I had curly hair and my skin was darker than um, some Hispanic people. I don't know, like the Hispanic people yeah. I knew, but then I met Hispanic people later in my life and they were darker than I was. And so, you know, like <laughs> the Afro Latina or Afro Latin, uh, like Afro Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that you know, that this does make, I think anyone reading it, think about your identity and and where you fit in. And um, I mean, I think that that's how you relate to this story too, is like you were in this kind of 
weird world between worlds and people were asking about you or judging you or saying things about you just by looking at you, right? And I think, you know, in the same way, Cersei's kind of stuck in this, like, she's not a nymph. Even she, like, the line is like, they didn't know what I was, right? She's not a nymph. She's not a god. Mm -hmm. um, and um, people want to put everyone in these, like, boxes of this hierarchy of titans or gods or nymphs or mortals and say one is better than the other or more powerful or stronger. Um, and it's it's important to their identity, but at the same time, like, it shouldn't be like this hierarchy, right? And I think that, I mean, we're dealing with that now in this country. I was like, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. I think the first chapter did a good job of setting up the fact that Cersei is going to be a complicated person, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. or, or whatever she is. <laughs> um, she's going to have a lot of layers, you know? And, yeah. and I think that that's always, that always makes her a good protagonist or, or lead sure. character, you know, in that... <clears throat> she maybe is going to make some mistakes, but we're going to know that she's multi-layered and she's had this yeah. upbringing that would make anybody a little bit flawed, you know? And I think yeah. that, I think that the first half did a good job of, of showing us her complicated past to help us to relate to her. You know, you guys yeah. had different experiences with when you were reading chapter one about how you related. And I think that, I think that anybody can relate to, to, to chapter one in the sense of like, we probably all have interactions with our family members where like, if you have a sibling, maybe mom and dad favor one sibling over, over you, or mm -hmm. you've had interactions where you feel like the ugly duckling cousin at a party, you know, and yeah. uh, even if you're not, you know, a half God, half nymph <laughs> you know, right. with 3000 3, cousins or whatever, like seriously, uh, you still can <laughs> relate, you know, you yeah. still can pick up some pieces of her story in chapter one and be like oh I have I've definitely felt that or I've definitely felt like my parents didn't have time for me or I didn't I've definitely felt like you know my sister was prettier or, or more successful yeah. than I was you know for mm -hmm. sure so it helps us to relate to her and I think that it she does like the author does a good job of reeling us in and making sure that we're gonna want to root for Cersei or in the sense that like we're, we're gonna relate to her and we're gonna yeah. be interested in her journey we're in her corner for sure yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she does a really good job of like setting you up to be in in her corner and and like to relate to her on whatever level you you can. She's got no one else, so she needs us. You know, I know exactly. <laughs> this chapter does a really good, a really very blatantly is like she got no one. You know, <laughs> like I was like, damn, utterly okay. alone. Yeah, utterly alone. <laughs> Well, maybe does that lead us to like our next segment? Yeah. Seriously, Cersei? Should we do our seriously, seriously, Cersei? Seriously, Cersei? This week, uh, we had you didn't know about the cows. I mean, who would have who wouldn't have guessed that their father was into bestiality, right? So <laughs> yeah, you know. Seriously, Cersei? How did you not seriously, know? That? Seriously, know. Cersei? seriously. <laughs> the worst. I was like, when you asked, like, what what do you guys have for like a serious seriously moment? I was like, I I feel too bad for her. I don't have anything. I don't. I don't. I don't want to seriously seriously her. I don't want to like come for her in any way in this chat. I know, She's right? Like, That's true. I want to just like hug her and be like, it's okay. You're beautiful. Yeah. Maybe your we should change eyes. it to seriously Cersei. Do you need a hug? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think this going to be a really hard time. Yeah. How like, do you not run away from home? <laughs> like, <yeah>. right. <laughs> You were going to say something, Gloria, earlier? Oh, that, well, I was just going to say um, another contender, uh, a runner-up for Seriously Cersei was 
seriously, seriously, why don't you kick more ass in this chapter? Like, I mean, I know she's just starting out, but like, I, you gotta at least say something, but that's not her style and that's fine. So we won't won't seriously hear on that this week. Yeah. I just felt so bad for her. God, every, it seemed like every, every page was some other moment where I was like, oh, Cersei. I, <laughs> like, I felt so bad for I her. Know. Like she was born and it's like, womp, womp. And then like, Another she's got a brother and sister and they're like, womp, womp. Like, oh, we don't like her. Oh, family, womp, womp. It's just like, everybody is just so awful to her. Yeah. I will say too, that in this chapter, I feel like, and, and because I haven't read the book yet, I could be talking out of my ass here. But no, I this feel, is what we need to I do. I feel like we're really setting up Helios as like this like godlike figure, <laughs> no pun intended, um, <laughs> for Cersei because she's talking about, you know, being at his feet and like wanting to press close to him like a lizard to a rock, you know, because she yeah. re- reveres him so much, you know. Um, so I'm worried that he'll get put into a category of like can do no wrong and like something will happen and Cersei mm-hmm. will, be, will be blind to it because she like idolizes him so much yeah or if not him maybe that's setting up that viewpoint for the future you know well speaking of helios maybe that uh uh, leads us to our greek of the week this is a segment we're going to do every week where we do a greek of the week and we talk about something from the book or something cool that we think should be highlighted which we chose the cattle of helios for this chapter um do we need to talk more about these cows or is just that are gonna be our Greek of the week Greek of the week uh. Uh. um how about those cows huh yeah poor, poor heifers poor those heifers <laughs> those poor heifers I don't know like what it is with cows but like and and bulls and stuff but there is a so many weird stories in Greek mythology of like men and cows and bulls and things that you're just like what why were you guys like obsessed with cows like who just looked at a cow and was like hey sexy moo right over here like it just we should have and- known something was up with these cows because they had names like strippers you know yeah <laughs> milky they, or- they had names like pretty, pretty and white face and darling and lovely girl and golden oh. horn well, that's we just like, what we should have known. Like, <laughs> please keep going, Kelsey. Golden horn, lovely girl, and darling. <laughs> Kelsey, what was the name that Kyle came up with for his pet? Oh, Rufus Johnson. Rufus, Rufus Johnson. And this one's name is Rufus Johnson. Rufus Johnson. <laughs> that's. The- that's the odd cow had, out. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus Johnson. Bring me Rufus Johnson. <laughs> Milky, get out of the way for Rufus. They're like, hey, Rufus. He's like, that's not my name. My name is Rufus Johnson. Thanks. Well, I had a couple words that I had to look up this chapter. I don't know about you ladies. But um, my first word was uh, byblows. I thought that was like some weird drive-by sexual thing. Nope. Uh <laughs> <laughs> a man's illegitimate child so the more you know oh. did not know that byblows meant that um so what is me. a what is a woman's illegitimate child called Ooh, i feel like i should have some like punny comeback for that <laughs> we'll workshop it yeah we'll workshop that one um obsidian i thought i knew what it was but i oh, just yeah. wanted to like look it up just to you know just to make sure um, that was like volcanic glass formed when lava cools 
rapidly and it's black. And so that helped me at least understand like what it looked like in the halls of Helios's dwelling. Mm-hmm. Also a stripper name. <laughs> also a stripper name. Obsidian. <laughs> Obsidian, I'm pretty. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> the stage, Obsidian. Speaking of stripper names, I did also have a note that Threnyanka Kia? Threnankia. This sounds Who? like a word. Okay, so there's like an island called Thranasia or Thranakia, but it was with a K, and I was like, it sounds like something Nicki Minaj would use like in her rap, like ba ba da ba da ba Thranakia, da 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 da, and I see ya. Take it to Trianka. When you mentioned Obsidian, it reminded me of that part, and I was just flipping to it where Sturcha talks about how her house was made of Obsidian. And it was interesting because, you know, like when the, when her parents leave, it becomes this like cold and dark place. Yeah. Um, and she was saying that um, he liked Helios, liked the way that Obsidian reflected his light, the way the slick services caught the fire as he passed. Of course, he did not consider how black it would be when he was gone. My father had never been able to imagine the world without himself in it. Oh, yeah, that was a good and one. And that really sets up. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the first line where i was like oh he's a, yeah he's, he's like one that. of those he's he one like of those. that <laughs> <laughs> well it's i i will i mean this is the brilliance of madeline miller this chapter is like 12 pages long and in those 12 pages she just does so much to set up like i mean that's like a line and it tells you everything you need to know about helios right you're like oh he won like he's one of them right he mm-hmm. literally you know can't understand the world without him and doesn't think about anyone else and i think she does that like throughout the chapter just like with these beautiful like just flowery lines and you're like holy crap like i I could never write that good but it's just (laughs) you know you know everything you need to know about like everything that's important right yeah in that first chapter i'm excited for future greeks of the week when 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 is yes when is feta on the schedule or how about Kalamata Olives? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kalamata. You know what my favorite Greek food is, now that you got me on this, is uh, moussaka. Moussaka? moussaka? That's <laughs> yeah. my favorite line. My favorite line from that movie. What movie is it from? Uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Really? Yeah, oh. when she's like a little girl and she like, it's like a flashback to when she goes oh, to school okay. and she's like how the kids are like being, right. and she's oh, like, what great. are you eating? And she's like, it's moussaka. And they're like, moussaka? Yeah. So, it's great. It's basically yeah. like shepherd's pie. It's like mashed potatoes and ground, I think ground lamb. Sign me up. And maybe some eggplant. What do you mean he don't eat meat? He don't eat no meat. <laughs> okay. I make him love. I make love. I think we need to like pivot. I think this just needs to be a podcast where me and Kelsey recite the entire movie. Uh, my big fat Greek wedding. A bunt. Because bunt. A bunt. A bunt. A bunt. It's a bunt. It's a kick. I know. <laughs> I love when she's plucking her chin and she's like, one, one big one, one big one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Gloria knows it too, man. She gets oh, to go yeah. into this. Oh, yeah. Gloria. Okay. You're in, Gloria. You passed the I just, test. I, I didn't remember the moussaka, and it's, now it's my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. my twin. And in that lump. <laughs> Opa! 
we can cut all, we have to cut all this out. Right. Yeah, I think we need to leave this in. We're gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should end this. In. And that was Greek of the week. Uh. And that was Greek of the week. Greek of the week. Greek of the week. Well, that concludes our first episode. We've got through chapter one. Woo-hoo. Hopefully you guys had fun uh, reading along with us. I think we're getting warmed up. Um, so if you stick with us, I think it's going to get even more silly and more fun. And there may be more or less quotes from my big fat Greek wedding. So come along for the ride. As Cersei goes through more trauma, we just get funnier and funnier. That's how this is going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The darker it gets, the lighter we go, you know? So welcome. I think that's a great tagline. The darker it gets, the lighter we go. Yeah. I found it. Found it. Marketing. <laughs>